Have you ever struggled with boundaries with social media? Why are you on these platforms? What's the intention of it? Well, we are very excited to share today's conversation with the director of Word on Fire Institute, Jared Zimmer, who partnered in collaboration with the University of St. Thomas, Houston, to discuss a masterclass in how we evangelize intentionally using social media and all of the different platforms to truly reach the culture at different touch points. And so we're so excited to share this conversation, all that and more coming up next. Jared, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be with y'all. Guys, we're super excited today uh, to be able to talk to Jared Zimmer. He is the director of the Word on Fire Institute, and they just launched kind of a new innovation with the University of St. Thomas, Houston, talking about new evangelization and new media and social media and how how do we do this in the day and age that we are today. So Jared, could you tell us just uh, for our listeners who don't know you a little bit about your background, uh, maybe a little your face journey and how you got to be the director of the Word on Fire Institute? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, a strange journey for sure. <laughs> um, so I'm born and raised here in Texas, in North Texas, and um, you know it's funny as, as a kid going straight through high school, my my number one uh, kind of focus was always sports. Um, and so I ended up going to the University of North Texas uh, here in Denton, Texas, and uh, got a degree in kinesiology. Um, and while I was in college, I had a pretty major conversion. Uh, particularly, I was raised as a Catholic. My parents actually owned and operated a Catholic bookstore for about 15 years of my childhood. Uh, we went to monthly confessions uh, as a family, nightly rosary, almost four or five times a week. You know, very, very Catholic. But again, my my kind of lowercase g God was uh, sports. And so, um, unfortunately, a lot of that took a back seat. Um, but during my college years, I had an opportunity to go down to Mexico City with my dad and uh, had a pretty major conversion down there because of uh, the Cristeros War and Blessed Miguel Pro and, of course, Our Lady of Guadalupe. But um, that kind of put me on another journey. And I tried to figure out kind of where it, the sports and my faith and all of that start to fit. Uh, around that time, I was more focused on like bodybuilding, powerlifting, martial arts, I was doing boxing and Jeet Kune Do at the time. Um, and at the same time, I also met my now wife. Um, and so she was actually baptized Catholic, uh, but was raised in a non-denominational uh, church. Um, and part of our, once I proposed, I basically said, I'd like you to be Catholic. <laughs> and uh, so our, our um, time period from the proposal to getting married was actually going through RCIA uh, together. And I was her sponsor, and she actually came into uh, the church on our wedding day. Uh, so she actually got her first communion on our wedding day. Um, so it was kind of a cool uh, journey with all of that. But I still was kind of wrestling with, you know, what do I do with this sports thing? And I started to kind of write um, on my own blog back when uh, blogs were first kind of becoming a, a thing <laughs> uh, about how weightlifting and, and physical discipline and asceticism is a great way to introduce Catholic spirituality, particularly to young athletes. And so I started to speak at high schools. I started to do a little bit of speaking at seminaries uh, as well and kind of speaking about how to reach young men, uh, especially young athletes. Um, and so kind of what you know, Bishop Barron talks about all the time is find those little touch points in the culture mm -hmm. and show how they point to Christ. And so that's what I was trying to do uh, with that, which that became kind of the introduction via social media uh, to Word on Fire. Um, Father Steve Gruno, who is also a, a weightlifter and a uh, big fan of, of sports. Uh, of course, Bishop Barron is a big fan of sports as well. Um, and I ended up getting invited up to Mundelein Seminary to give a couple talks to the seminarians there about this this kind of realm of physical asceticism, self-discipline, uh, stoicism, um, other ways in which we can kind of speak to to young men 
uh, and work on this kind of authentic Catholic masculinity uh, via those routes. Um, so that was the introduction uh, to, to Word on Fire. And um, at first, I was just kind of on a volunteer basis. At the time, I was actually the director of adult catechesis at a, a parish here in Grapevine, Texas. Uh, I was there for about five years, met, the, met them um, about three years in, and then started getting opportunities to travel with Bishop Barron uh, and started to represent um, the organization at, at the booth at conferences and stuff like that. Uh, but then one time I actually, back in 2014, um, I had an opportunity to uh, go to a meeting at the Word on Fire offices with the late Cardinal Francis George. And um, that was whenever Cardinal George basically challenged Word on Fire and Bishop Barron to say, where is this going uh, kind of in the next hundred years? Like, how, how can we keep this work uh, moving? And so I was part of that meeting and, and we ended up praying through the Acts of the Apostles for, for about two years um, via just video conference. Uh, and we met once a month just discerning what is the Holy Spirit calling Word on Fire to. Uh, and then one day, uh, right around Christmas time of 20, what was that, 17, Bishop Barron calls me and said, I'd like you to start making the moves uh, that, that uh, Colonel Dillon challenged us to. It's time. Yeah. So if you heard um, uh, the uh, To Light a Fire on the Earth, Bishop Barron's uh, book that he did with John Allen Jr., um, he talks about moving from ministry to movement, and he envisioned eventually a word on fire order of priests, uh, lay consecrated, uh, centers of evangelization all around the, the world. Um, and so that's the task. Uh, so I had to take about 10,000 steps backwards and say, okay, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so we did a lot of discerning and I, I read through a ton of the kind of successful movements, Benedictines and Carmelites and um, Opus Dei and numerous others to kind of figure out how does it, how does it work? Um, but we were already an international reality. And so we knew that having like a physical location in one place wasn't really going to work for at least step yeah. one. Um, and so that's what helped us launch the Word on Fire Institute, which is Bishop Barron's formational arm to help teach people and form people in the ethos of Bishop Barron and the ethos of, of Word on Fire. Uh, so people who think, you know, Bishop Barron really is able to create these kind of touch points with the culture. How do I do it? So all of our courses on theology, philosophy, evangelization, culture, they all point to our principles in some capacity and help people better understand how learning theology is not just learning theology, it's learning to share it, right? Um, and how to, make, <laughs> um, how to make good philosophical arguments, how to, you know, uh, just accompany people, you know, how to do that well. Um, so anyway, that's how I ended up uh, as the, the director of the Institute. So uh, I was just a Cowtown kid, uh, meathead. So uh, somehow I ended up. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. It's incredible to hear the vision and the plan and how you guys have stepped to that back of, okay, well, this is the long-term goal, but what is the today action mm. point? And I think that that's beautiful because far too often I think we spin our wheels in today's action. and not necessarily always having that long-term vision. And so the way that you guys discern that is beautiful and I think effective uh, mm -hmm. from what I have seen. <laughs> the reality of this project that you're about to launch right now. So you guys partnered uh, with St. Thomas uh, Houston. What kind of started that? What did mm -hmm. that journey look like? Yeah, well, we've got a couple of friends at the University of St. Thomas that just are acquaintances, and uh, we've been in conversation about a lot of uh, projects. Um, and one that came up um, with with Jeff and the team down there at Max Studios, 
uh, is this idea of something along the lines of new evangelization, the new media. Um, they, they kind of envision, you know, word on fire being a really kind of leading figure in regard to using new media well, uh, really understanding how to use social media well without getting caught up in all of the kind of <laughs> uh, Catholic Twitter type yes. stuff that can occur, you know. <laughs> Um, and so we just kind of started thinking these through, but they brought me a, a proposal and uh, to to collaborate with with Word on Fire. And so several of the institute's fellows are are interviewed experts. Um, but we see this project as a way to help form people. It's not just something cool to watch and learn, and it's it's more something of put what you learn in action. Um, almost everybody, most people are on some social media channels of some kind. Uh, so to form Catholics on how to do it really well, um, I think that's that's a necessity. Um, and it's one of our principles, actually, is to use the new media well. Um, so we've got courses on new media, courses on social media, et cetera. But uh, to actually hear from people who are successful in regards to uh, reach, so numbers and things like that, but then also what's their game plan? What is it? How is it that they, that they structure their, their videos? How is it they structure their content? Uh, and, and how in our own little way, in our, in our small circles or our smaller uh, reach within our own social media, how can we do that well? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a cool just op- formational opportunity that kind of continues what we envision of people going out into the world, finding those little touch points mm-hmm. uh, of culture and hearing it from people who do it well. Yeah. And so, man, let's let's jump into that a little bit with, with social media, because I know, I mean, every Catholic that is our age and living in today's society has to deal with this question of social media. And, and, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of us that are, um, skeptical of it in the sense of there are some dangers that can come along with, um, created to be addictive. Yeah. And, and, but, but we haven't given up on the culture yet. So, so the idea of just getting rid of everything it kind of feels like you're abandoning these people, uh, you know, to the sharks of, of the culture that that is right now. So I don't, talk to us a little bit about um, what are your thoughts on, obviously, you guys use uh, social media in at Word on Fire and Word on Fire Institute and this new initiative. But what are your just kind of 50,000 foot view thoughts on social media and how do we engage in that but not have it be detrimental to our souls? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's kind of like the philosophical aspect of it, and then there's a very practical aspect of it. You know, I, I think philosophically speaking, uh, it, it can be very, it's obviously built to be addictive. And so yeah. If, yeah. if we're going to participate in something, we really need to understand what it's for and the limitations of, of what we can actually do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, one thing that we talk about a lot here is part of the job of an evangelist is to bring is to go into social media in order to bring people into reality, yeah. right? Because so often that is our reality. It's social media, and, and it's not really yeah. reality. And it's worked. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's continuing. As we talk about metaverse and all this other oh, stuff yeah. that's coming, you know, it's going to become more and more um, sort of dis, disembodied, right? And so mm-hmm. part of what we want to challenge evangelists to do is to go into to to social media present a beautiful message of Christ, present a beautiful message of truth, and then point them where they can get more, right? And that's yeah. typically not within social media. It's actually within relationships. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. It's at yep. mass, you know, yep. it's in front of the tabernacle, um, you know, things like that. So um, part of, I think, the the struggle as an evangelist is to always uh, either work with a spiritual director or have a very, very good prayer life where you're constantly discerning, what is this doing to me personally? 
uh, because it's not going to work if you're losing your soul while you're trying to evangelize other people, right? And so uh, if you're feeling yourself constantly, like I, it drives me nuts when I, I just do it when I'm at like a grocery line or something, I pull my phone out. I, I hate it. And so I try the best I can to just leave my phone in the car. It can wait 30 minutes yep. while I get my groceries, right? Um, but, but to know maybe it's time for a regular fast and that's okay yeah. uh, to take a month off. It's fine. Um, the world's not going to fall apart, you know, uh, yeah. because you're not on social media. So um, yeah. I, I think that that working with a spiritual director is is very important, um, or mm-hmm. potentially working with others who are trying to do this kind of thing in social media, mm-hmm. and having that kind of uh, familial language where we can talk about this stuff openly. Of like, hey, I, I really think I need to exit for a little while and uh, stuff yeah. like that. But the difficulty though is the people who are in social media who may never darken the doorstep of a church, that's where you're going to find them, right? You got to go into those roads, go into yeah. those touch points. Um, and so it's kind of like, it's a little bit dangerous, but it's not that, it's not more dangerous than like the martyrs of the uh, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a mentally dangerous thing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. A different danger. Yeah, I, it's like a, maybe a deceptive danger because if, mm-hmm. if we don't go into it, knowing that this is a battle and that in many ways we're in enemy territory um, trying to pull people out. It's also, I don't know, it's a funny business model. You're like, we're in social media to pull people out of social media. (laughs) And like, sometimes that works well. You're like, sometimes that does not. (laughs) It's reminding myself that I can put up a story that says, hey, have you been on social media too long today? You know, it's it's the reality that I have to go, it's not, and if I need a week off, like, yeah, it's going to crush the algorithm. But if that's what my soul needs, like the reminder of the importance of that and the just constantly looking at what am I doing this for? Am I doing it to get people more addicted to my account or am I doing it to truly point them to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I think that that reality and myself, like, am I truly living the life that I am proclaiming on social media uh, or am I just addicted to this as well? And so the, I absolutely, what you said, as far as working with a spiritual director, I think correctly evaluating and going to confession when we've made likes, follows, Mm -hmm. comments are idle, like, and that's our, I just affirmation of our worth instead of looking to the father who mm-hmm. really doesn't care how many likes my posts get uh, <laughs> really evaluating what <laughs> what is the the purpose here uh, and so I do think that this is such an important topic though because I don't know somebody my age or younger who doesn't have social media accounts um, and even if they do take fast at times mm-hmm. uh, that is an area that they are spending time on and so, it is someplace that we do need to be. Um, and so thank you for mm-hmm. this initiative. Um, yeah. I, I just thought about this. So when a lot of social media, um, you know, some of the, the goodness, but also the trouble of it is like the beauty that's on there. And mm-hmm. I say beauty in, in the sense of there is some really good and beautiful things, but there's also uh, it's kind of whitewashed or that that's all that people see. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Cause I, I know um, word on fire, the word on fire Institute, like beauty is, is something that you guys use very well to, to try to draw people in. But um, you know, think, I don't know, maybe practically, the question would be practically for uh, people who are out there trying to evangelize. Like if every, if all everyone ever sees is beauty, then I think if people get a warped sense of reality and then now they start judging the themselves. Of yes. life. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, you know, 
the Taylor family, like they're all so holy and they all just pray. And it's like, come to our church on Sunday. Yeah. Like (laughs) our pew looks like a WWE wrestling match. It's like, you know, so I don't know. Thoughts on that? Like the, the, the balance between beauty and um, truth. Truth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that goes into the kind of um, reality aspect of it. And I do think it would be important for evangelists to share some of their struggles as well. Um, just like in a normal relationship, you know, whenever you're talking with somebody, I mean, I used to run RCIA all the time and I would tell them about my faith struggles. You know, it's not, you know, we, we can share these things with each other. And, um, I think on social media to be able to share those, I think that's important, but yeah, I think the, the mentality of comparing ourselves is one of the other dangers of, of, uh, social media. You know, I, I have been in powerlifting and numerous other things. I'm not as strong as a lot of the guys I see on social media. And it does kind of go I go like, oh, gosh, you know, I wish I was that strong or whatever. But you know what? They might have other issues in their life, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I do think um, back to that point about part of social media is to pull people back into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sharing the beauty of a, of a beautiful family, things like that, it does make people want those things. So maybe perhaps mm-hmm. you've got somebody who's discerning. Um, you know, am I called to get married? Am I called to something else? Um, you might even have somebody who isn't a believer who's just trying to figure out life. And they see this Catholic family that that even though on social media, they seem like they have everything put together. It's an, at least an attractive thing of like, I want whatever that is, you know. Um, and so there is still, I think, a, a kind of first step that beauty allows, which is mm-hmm. kind of like an introduction into something beyond this kind of meaninglessness that is being offered in, in a lot of the culture. Um, and so it does do that, but I do think a lot of the message needs to be to, to in, like actually experience this. You got to get into reality. You got yeah. to go to see these families. You got to go to these things. You can't just constantly be in social media thinking you're actually experiencing something. You're, it's, it's, it's just, it's just kind of entertainment at that point. Right. Okay. Um, so, and I, I do know one person that's our age who doesn't, uh, participate in social media at all. And it's my wife. She just <laughs> never got in and she's refusing to plug in. So my job is on social media. Hers, she just yeah. refused. <laughs> I totally respect that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't until we launched this YouTube channel that we uh, opened Instagram, which yeah. was uh, very yeah. not uh, not our age. Yeah, if, if we didn't think God was calling us to this, I don't think we'd have any social media. So. <laughs> Yeah. And that's part of the, the, the sermon of an evangelist. You know, um, yeah. we still need boots on the ground in the real, right? We still yeah. need people who are yeah. creating good communities, reaching out to their neighbors, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and to me, if if your social media activity is taking away from doing those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you really ought to discern. You really ought to yeah. discern, um, and which goes back to the idea that understand what it is. What are you actually trying to accomplish? Who is it that you're actually trying to reach? Um, and then the behavior of your, of how you behave online, not everybody just wants hot takes. Not everybody just wants to see, you know, one person against another. Some people just want to see somebody who has peace in their life. Uh, and that's a very attractive thing, you know? That's such an important missing element sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So, um, tell us a little bit. So the partnership with Max Studios. So you guys said, okay, we need something. We need to learn these lessons from the people who are out there doing it and, and, and who are evangelizing well in the social media space. So who are some of the guys or girls that are women, men that you, uh, you know, got on board for this project and what, what can they bring or, you know, be able to teach people like us who feel like they're, you know, called to ministry in some type of social media aspect? 
Yeah. So a couple of the names um, would be like Leah Darrow, who I mentioned your, your crowd might know uh, quite well. Haley Stewart, who is our uh, managing editor of our Spark Books. Uh, she's also a fellow of the Institute uh, as well. Uh, we also have Father Rob Galia, um, who is mm-hmm. an Aussie, uh, and uh, he's a weightlifter and a singer and all kinds of different things. Um, so a lot of those kinds of names. Uh, Andrew Pettiprin, one of our other fellows here at Popular Culture, who's going to give more of a perspective on the goods and the potential dangers of, of social yeah. media uh, out there. Mm-hmm. And so what, what people will be able to learn is, one, I think it's really important for if anybody wants to do this, they need to understand who their crowd is. Who is it that you're actually trying to reach? Because all of your content needs to be geared towards that. So each one of these figures know who their people are and they know what they're trying to to accomplish. Right. Um, And so but then also uh, you'll hear from them. And another one is uh, Bearded Blevins, who I actually kind of excited. He does Twitch, which I don't know that well. Uh, (laughs) It's a lot of video games. So I'm glad there's Catholics out there doing that. Um, But it also kind of uh, introduces um, ideas or innovations and and then also spiritual uh, reality of this is what I do spiritually to make sure that I'm regularly balanced and uh, always focused in on my prayer life, my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, it's a good way to kind of see a range of personalities, a range of all of the different um, outlets that are out there, because I also think there's a little bit of a danger of, I need to be on every single social media yeah. Uh, yeah. possible. Uh, and that's just going to pull so much of your time away. And so it allows you to kind of discern I actually really like Instagram because it's much more image focused or video focused, mm-hmm. or I really like Twitter because I can just knock out a 60 character, whatever, uh, very quickly and, and do that. Um, or it could be, you know what? My son loves video games. This Twitch thing is great. And I'm going to have introduce him to this Twitch bearded Blevins guy. You know, yeah. um, there's kind of a lot of different things that would be involved in that. I also think um, this would be a great tool for parishes and families to view mm-hmm. together. Uh, so you yeah. can actually do study groups around these uh, and have these conversations and maybe even come up with ideas on how a parish might be able to use social media better. Uh, there's not a lot of parishes that are very good at social media, and I think that needs to change. Um, yeah. And then also within families to actually, you know, my, my oldest son now is 14, and so um, I still haven't allowed him to get on social media yet. Uh, but before we do, we can have this conversation and show him mm-hmm. some of the material uh, and help him better understand why are you getting on here? What are the limitations? What are the potential dangers? Uh, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a way to kind of form a holistic view of, of social media. And I, maybe a, a theme that I think we've kind of been weaving into all of this is just the intentionality of it. Because uh, one of the things that uh, I'm worried about or scares me with social media is that you see so many people that are uh, that just get affected by it and then get addicted to it. And, and they don't have that intentional piece of why am I here? Is this good for my soul? You know, um, we what went, should my boundaries be with yeah. it? How many hours should I be on it today? You know, like, and it just the overall big picture. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we went out to dinner a couple months ago and there was maybe a nine-year-old girl who was just doom scrolling TikTok. And I mean, we were there for 40 minutes and she had watched a couple hundred videos on this thing. And it was, uh, I mean, some of it's kind of terrifying. And then to think about, you know, we've, we've done a lot of um, reading and Katie has a master's in um, marriage and family counseling and just brain development stuff. And that stuff is, is like, that's real. Um, so, but, but that doesn't mean that we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That just means that we have to be intentional about why are we doing these things? Who's our, mar- who's our market that we're trying to target in the sense of 
provide value for and content and, and try to draw them into the real, the good, the beautiful, the truth. So I don't know. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, part of it would be, especially I mean, just using the example of the nine-year-old, I, I don't think nine-year-olds need to be on social media, uh, myself, um, <laughs> especially not TikTok, uh, yes, because yes. that one's been shown to be the absolute most addictive out of, mm -hmm. out of all of them. Um, yeah. but I do think we need evangelists who are willing to go into that world and reach mm -hmm. these nine-year-olds, right? Mm -hmm. There needs to yeah. be something along those lines. I also think we need a, something to help reach these parents and say, you're allowing yeah. these companies to form their minds more than you are, yes. right? And that, that's a big problem. Um, and so I do think that um, there's, there's kind of the both end of like, if a mature disciple of Christ desires to go into this world specifically to try to reach mm -hmm. those young people or, or those who are addicted to these, these uh, gadgets or, or apps or whatever, um, then that's great. But then the other part of it is personally and within our own communities, how do we actually discern what's our limitation? Some people mm -hmm. might, might watch this stuff and say, you know what? Social media is not for me. I'm going to go help my community. Great. We need something to give them when yes. we draw them. Exactly. And I also think um, part of the mindset of an evangelist needs to be um, these, these conversations that are happening online, while they're real in one sense, that there is a conversation being had, and oftentimes it can be a positive experience, a lot of times it can be negative as well, that it can't affect the way we treat our families. It can't mm -hmm. affect our own personal life. That, that this kind of conversation with a person I've never actually met somehow mm -hmm. seeps into my life and makes me more anxious or angry or whatever, that, that we have to be very careful with that, which goes back to the spiritual direction thing of like, at times, mm -hmm. maybe you need to kind of step back. Um, it's sort of the, uh, the stoic principle of like, there are things outside of your control and all mm -hmm. you can control are your own actions. So yeah. the reactions of people on social media, you might get a bunch of trolls as an evangelist. It's probably going to happen. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> be prepared to say, I can't control that, but I can control yeah. my actions and the content that mm -hmm. I provide. Mm -hmm. That makes me think of a serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. God yeah. grant me, but sorry to like, to release those things, to just surrender and then to accept what I can control. And yes, I can control how much time I spend on there. I can control how I respond to trolls. I can control like my emotional disposition and the boundaries that I set and have the courage to change because I think when we've grown up in this expectation that I have to post so much or I have to present this personality on social media, it actually can take courage to say, I need to change mm -hmm. and I need to know the wisdom to know what are those things that I need to set boundaries for and what may be the easiest option with my children may not be what is best for them long-term. And similarly, what might be the easiest option for myself, it's easiest to pick up my phone and open an Instagram account than it is to open up a Libby account, or, mm -hmm. which is like a book uh, or read, you know, something that might take some intellectual involvement <laughs> that actually is going to potentially grow me further, but doesn't feel as instantaneous uh, gift to my, to my brain. And so to acknowledge, you know, where is true growth and again, mm -hmm. where are we pointing people, uh, which I think is a beautiful part of this master's class to, to hear you say like, they're going to talk about their spirituality and how they're balancing that and also how they're pointing people to something more. Uh, which may not be liking everything on their account, um, 
again, having that humility. Is there anything else that, um, you know, about the, uh, the project that you guys have or anything that you're excited about as it launches? Yeah, I think, uh, part of it is just a continued conversation about social media. I mean, um, one of my friends, Arthur Brooks, um, he, he calls it a culture of contempt, uh, that we're, we're much mm. more ready to attack people than, than affirm. Mm. Um, yeah. and you don't have to affirm things that are immoral or, or whatever, but you do have to affirm the person, right? And so there's, there's, there's this kind of constant, um, problem of attaching people with their ideas, uh, yeah. but the person deserves to be loved, even though their ideas can be debated. And so mm. Arthur Brooks calls that a culture of contempt because we're, we're, we're only looking at the person for their ideas and I disagree with their ideas. Mm. Therefore, I don't like the person. That's yeah. a big problem. Um, and I think that yeah. what, what this continues is we've now had social media as a tool for how long uh, in, in the modern world. Um, I think the conversation about whether or not we go in or out is consistently important, um, especially for evangelists. Uh, but then also, I think it's really, really important for people to better understand what and how you say things on social media reflects directly to the Catholic Church if you're representing yourself as a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And so Bishop Barron always, <laughs> always says that if you don't know the old books, you're not going to be good on new media. Um, and I think that's that's dead right because you're not going to be able to say, what are you going to say? If, you, if you're yeah. just kind yeah. of hot taking off of the top of your head, it's not a good, a good look. It's just not. And <laughs> if you actually have this kind of robust philosophical theological mm. reading or formation of some kind. And you don't have to, I master's PhD, everything. You don't have to do that. You can read, you can mm -hmm. just read and challenge yourself to try something new and pick something up, you know, and take what you learn in there and, and apply it uh, via social media. So um, I just think that a continuing conversation about this, especially as we get closer to this mm -hmm. meta thing, um, yeah. it's, it's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Something you said, I, I think I've been thinking about, but haven't, been able to really solidify it in the sense of on social media people people become their ideas because that's all you have to look at you know i think when you are in the real world with relationships with people you might be able to disagree with them but at the same time you can still have them over and feed them and provide for their physical needs and you know go play sports or other things but on social media all we have is the ideas that we share and therefore people become ideas and therefore yeah, there's that contempt. There's this, uh, yeah, I don't division. know. Yeah, the division, right? And and you uh, versus me. Yep. Yeah. And, and it pulls I, into your personal life a lot of times because if you would disagree yeah. politically with somebody, and and sadly too, a lot of times what happens is everything becomes yeah. politics uh, okay. through social media. So whether or not you would agree with Republicans or Democrats or whatever, you might be with your neighbor who happens to be on the opposite side, and now you never want to talk to them again because of something yeah. that happened mm -hmm. on social media. Not a good thing. Um, yeah. Get beyond the ideas and just love the person. It's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. The idea of you know we we love humanity, but to actually love the human, the human that is in front of us, mm -hmm. in all of their flaws and all of their strengths and all of their ups, downs, back and forth, and how do we love them well? And in that, I think it's the same conversation of of social media of like, okay, well, is this bringing me? joy and, and not anxiety. And sometimes when we are in that relationship and following that account, learning that we need boundaries, mm. learning that, okay, if these ideas are hard for me, how do I love them? How do I pray for them? How do I you know, support them in the big picture without letting my own soul get sucked into this? Mm -hmm. um, and it's not a cutoff forever. I never want to talk to you again, but it is learning appropriate boundaries so that I'm not 
emotionally spinning up every single time that I see them post or see them message me or see, you know, that reality, um, which in a society that's very pleasing and very instantaneous, like you post something, you send me a text message, you send me an email, I immediately have to respond or I failed. Uh, learning, okay, where and how do I respond to this? Where and how do I put in a boundary here um, in a world that can constantly reach into your life? Um, you know, in a physical way, you would have to come and knock on my door and we would have to have a full conversation. But in the digital space, you can reach into my life with one snide comment and it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and this reality that we have to learn then, how do I full respond to the full person, not just that one comment, not just the one offhanded remark that came out of left field because you were there cleaning your dishes and, and go, okay, how do, how do I evangelize to you and love you um, even when maybe this did hurt? Maybe this was from a place of contempt. Maybe this was from a place of division. Um, and to do that better, I think that that is such an important conversation. So thank you for continuing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that uh, to the light and then the the second element of just walking us through, through this process, um, I, I'm just grateful for the Word on Fire Institute, for the Word on Fire uh, media that you guys are providing. Uh, is there – now, how can people watch the mm -hmm. specific yeah. master's class? We want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah, so it hasn't quite launched yet, uh, so there will mm -hmm. be some site uh, information coming. Uh, but for now, go to ustmaxstudios.com, uh, and you can learn more about Max Studios. And they, they update a lot of their social media on some of the filming they're doing right now. Um, but it'll be coming out in the next couple months. Uh, we'll be doing kind of regular releases of new episodes uh, along the way. So uh, for now, go there. Or if you want to find more about the Word on Fire Institute, it's just uh, wordonfire.institute. You can find out what mm -hmm. we're doing uh, over here as well. So speaking of... Uh you know, Bishop Barron's vision in the Word on Fire Institute. What are what are some things that you guys have maybe a little bit on the horizon, those next couple steps that uh, that you're excited about? Yeah. Uh, well, some of them I can't share, but some of them I can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so we do have, have some pretty exciting, um, now that COVID is allowing more in-person uh, stuff, mm -hmm. we just recently had our first in-person conference uh, back in October. Uh, that was out in Florida. And uh, we've got a conference coming up in January here in, in Dallas uh, that we're doing. We've also, we're going to uh, the UK later this year. Uh, we're going to have some Institute uh, events there as well. Um, so we're, I'm really excited about the in-person stuff because uh, COVID kind of made everybody go online. And yeah. I, I, I love in-person ministry and I love talking to people uh, in person. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we've also got some other stuff coming up with, um, we've got some collaboration in an academic uh, aspect as well. So we've got some in-person colloquiums and things like that. Um, but then also um, our Joe Zambone, who's our fellow of communities, um, we're hoping at least within the next probably eight months to a year uh, to start gathering people in homes and start having them pray mm -hmm. together and start doing authentic discipleship together via uh, the Word of Fire ethos and our Bible. Uh, so using our Bible to discern what kind of mission they're called on and uh, where God is calling them to evangelize. So uh, I guess if I wrapped it all up, it's more in-person stuff as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great. I mean, and, and we even talked about using social media intentionally to draw people into a relationship. And I think looking forward, that's going to be one of the biggest things that the Catholic Church can provide to society, to our community is connection is in-person relationship because 
you're not going to find it on, you're not going to find authentic relationship on social media. And so, yeah, just and I, even just more jobs going online, you know, more people working from home mm-hmm. more. And so as your, as your circle almost closes and all you have is this online reality, it will be a very important aspect to be able to draw people back to people um, yeah. and into relationship. And, and that, so that's, that's super wanna, exciting. Yeah. And that's what we want these communities to be is uh, very uh, relational kind of incarnational experiences for people that we're reaching them via social media and then say, Hey, in this area, you've yeah. got a community over here waiting for that's you. Nice. Yeah. Oh. And that'd be great too, especially, you know, so many young adults are um, mobile and, move places and jobs and it would be great to just tap in and say like, Oh, you know, we just moved to this place. Like there's already something set up and to be able to join that, I think mm-hmm. would be really yeah. cool. You do a great gift. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is uh, man, it's been really good. I hope our listeners get some ideas from, you know, just being intentional about social media. And then I hope they check out uh, the UST max website and this initiative, the new evangelization and the new media. We'll leave links to all of that in the, the description below. Um, And for our listeners, just know that we are praying for you all. And until next time, thank you very much for joining us and God bless.